tell you what I appreciate about Brother Arnold. He's here when everybody preaches, and he shouts with everybody else when they're preaching. Now, I tell you what, it'd be a shame if we came in here and jute and jive, as he would say, to who can separate us, and then sit down on him when it's time to preach the book. He's one of my dear friends. I want you to do me one favor. I want you to bark him on tonight like he ain't been barked on since he started his ministry. Okay? Now, I didn't mean that kind of barking. I meant with praise. Jeff Arnold, we love you. We couldn't have because of the times without you. Come preach the Lord. the Lord. I know we've been here a while and it's been a fabulous meeting and and uh, I can't remember a drunk that felt this good. When I get up in the morning I'm going to know where my car is and where my keys are and, and where my conscience is. I, I do appreciate the honor and privilege to have been here. I would like to just say, uh, directing your attention to Genesis 8, uh, thank everybody in the United Pentecostal Church who has been so gracious and kind to have been in prayer for me over this last year. It has been a long journey. And uh, I've had so many wonderful people praying for my health. And uh, I felt very bad the last few days and hobbling around and the Lord's touched me and helped me and I'm feeling better and uh, I'll, I'll do my very best uh, but I am very indebted to the United Pentecostal Church also to my wonderful home church and the people that have prayed for us and some of our people that are from our staff and all that are here God bless them <laughs> Whew. everything's been preached uh, that just about could be preached uh, I was happy until I heard Moro Ewing, and then he took the last leg on my table. <laughs> wow. And uh, if you'll pardon the carnal reference, I was not raised in the church, so I know a little bit about Minnesota Fats. Minnesota Fats was the world champion pool player, and... Uh, playing for the world championship one time and adversary broke the balls. You don't know what I'm talking about. Just get a figure in your mind. And the break was very guarded and very, very professional. Broke about one ball off the rack and cue ball rolled over and the guy smiled and said, didn't leave you much fats, did I? And the little fat man walked up and said, uh, you've left enough. I don't have much left, but there's just enough. 
I'm going to try my very best to help you. And we may not boogaloo and bang into the walls anymore, but I would like to say some weighty words to help some people to go home with. Genesis 8 and uh, one verse, verse 22. Praise God. Thank you, all you sweet people that have told me you've been praying for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, you don't have to turn, I'll tell you what it says. To everything there is a season. Daniel 2, 20 and 21, then Daniel blessed the Lord God of heaven and said, He changeth the times and seasons. He setteth up rulers, he pulls down kings, he sets up kings. So I just want to just tie those three together a few minutes, okay? We'll go. I, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, on the season is certain, but not final. You didn't hear me. The, the season is certain because God said so. He said, as long as the earth remaineth, season's my idea. You still didn't hear me. God said, it's my idea, and hell can't change no season. Lord, bless the preaching and help me do a good job in a little bit of time. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. God bless you, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. I think that uh, what the Lord has been trying to get across to us in this conference is that he is looking for one particular type of people. He would like some folks to leave here who have become seasoned saints. A little bit I know about seasoning. You season food to give it flavor. You season things to improve their taste. You season certain meats to make them more tender. We have a, a kind of an unusual concept about seasons. I received the United Pentecostal Herald uh, few months ago and and this message jumped out at me because on the front cover of the Pentecostal Herald it said seasons best to you and I said I think I'll just preach that a while <laughs> seasons greetings our problem is we don't know what the reason of the season is So we suck our thumb and suffer through it and hope it goes away as if somehow it was sent from hell rather than heaven. 
We greet new seasons with inspiration and hope and faith, believing that a season, just a season, has the ability to alter the past. Seasons arrive and cause strange actions on our part. People that can't pay attention go bankrupt at Christmas. Because it's the season to act crazy. Somehow in the season, if you buy a gift, it takes care of the fact that you've been nasty and naughty all last year. We, no, you're not hearing me. There's certain attitudes and activities that are associated with seasons. Christmas season, Easter season, Fourth of July season, New Year's Eve season. What about spiritual season? Sometimes our problem is that we understand purpose, but we're frustrated by season. You, you've shouted enough. You don't need to shout for me. It's okay. It's okay. But the Word says, to everything there is a season. And according to Genesis 8, seasons are God's idea, therefore under God's control. Hell can't make them harder. Hell can't make them darker. Hell can't make them longer. God said, seasons are my idea, and I'm not giving nobody credit for what I came up with. You're not hearing me. We like to boogaloo and jump up and down and say, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, but seasons come from hell. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get anybody. Steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and so are their seasons. You got to hear me. If you can get this, we're going to go somewhere. Seasons are a segment. Purpose is the overall goal of God. If you don't understand how to handle a season, it will frustrate the promise that God gave you. Seasons are God's servants and they have a purpose what is the reason for the season this ought to make you happy brother Cunningham a harvest we want spring but we don't want winter but you gotta have winter if you're gonna have a resurrection in the spring Did you hear me? Woo! Oh, oh, I'm going to go somewhere. Now listen. Everybody say it with me. Seasons are sent. They have purpose. They're limited. They're controlled. They do come to a conclusion. Seasons are like a parenthesis in a sentence, just kind of holding a segment of a thought. Now, well, 
I'm going to mess with your Pentecostal theology now. I'm going to say it so a college graduate could understand this. Listen. Anything that comes up as a season of time does not have the power or the capability of circumventing what God decided before time. The Bible said God has purposed things in himself. And he has decreed things in himself. And he's a very strange one. For he declares the end from the beginning. And the things that are not as though they were. You know what that really means? God's standing at the end of the parade. And he says, come on. You know, you know hear me. That's why we get frustrated. When we get goosebumps and we go hickam a hookam a hooky and we bounce all over the place and you all of a sudden a prophet prays over and you get a word or a vision or a dream and God says, this is what I'm going to do, pow! And it doesn't happen by four o'clock tomorrow and all hell breaks loose and you say, yes it wasn't God. I said seasons have a reason. They're sent by God to develop something in us so that he can produce the fruit in us that he wants to show the world. Don't run away from the season. Ask God, what's the reason? Am I, am I making sense yet? Just, just bear with me. You gotta grasp the season. If you don't grasp the season, our lack of understanding will frustrate the promise from coming to pass in our lives, not in the world. The promise is going to come to pass, but we can be frustrated, lose our faith, shut our mouths, sit on our hands, and suck our thumb and say, What's going on? You, you know. Don't you get it? If you don't grasp season, you'll try to force promise. You can't bring fruit out of its season. You can't produce it out of its season. It, oh, it has a season that has been designed by God. And we are in a season right now of fixing to have the greatest harvest and the greatest revival we've ever had. You've got to understand don't let the devil fool you and snooker you and deceive you and say the season came from him. Now, I'm going to mess with your theology, okay? You just act like I'm telling the truth. You see, time, Reverend, time is God's invention. But you got to understand, he's before time. And he speaks this parenthesis in time. Now he's outside of time, he's in time, and he's after time. So what God decrees in himself before he came up with the idea of time, how could something that's a second-rate creation 
circumvent the potentate. When God said before time, in himself, I'll have a church. I don't care what happens in time. I don't care what happens in the seasons. I've decreed before time, there'll be a church. And when time is finished, there'll be a bride. And there'll be a church. And it'll worship God. And it'll have its nature. And it'll have its name. And it'll have its power. It'll be conformed to its image. Time doesn't have the power to stop the process of the promise. Just, just, if I can help you. If you don't grasp the season, you'll try to force the promise. Ain't that right, Abe? Did you come home with a twinkle in your eye to the tent and tell mama what you thought you heard? You're not going to play putt-putt golf tonight? You're lighting candles and turning the music down. And you're saying, hello, Dolly. <laughs> well, laugh all you want to. It's in the book. And because they couldn't understand season, they messed up promise. God has given a bunch of us some promises here in these last few days. Don't let the devil fool you and mess you up over a season. The season is the Lord's. You just hold on to the promise. And when it's your season, you can bring forth your fruit. Am I telling the truth? We pay $1.49 for gas because that guy didn't understand season. Gave the oil to all those crazy Arabs. Fuck $49 for gas because Abe and Sarah knows promise but don't know season. You're not hearing me. God turns around and calls Abram. Listen, God uses the strangest wackos to build his kingdom. He finds a guy bowing in front of an altar that's a dead piece of wood or a stick or a stone and calls him out and says, come on out, go into a land that I'm going to show you. It's going to be a fabulous place. Now watch, he's got a promise. So easy to parade by promise. But as he tries to fulfill promise, God intervenes with season. And the first thing he finds in the promised land is famine. And when you don't understand season, you run away from where you're supposed to be and you go back to Egypt. That's what he said. Well, I'm sorry. The rest of you are just staring. Sorry. God promised Israel a land flowing with milk and honey. He conveniently forgot to tell him somebody owned the cows and somebody owned the bees. And why didn't they take the promised land? They didn't understand season. You mean we got to fight? You mean discipline, denial, commitment, consecrate? Oh, come on. I'm going to go somewhere where we just practice promises. 
No! The promise will never come to pass unless we live through the season. And the season was sent to us by the same one that gave us the promise. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to get to my sermon here. And I'm going to mess with your theology a little bit, but I'm right. When God gives you a promise contained in the promise are all the problems, rest areas, and seasons. And you may walk up and do a bunch of hell breaking loose in your life and say, Umgawa. But God, don't say Umgawa. Because God is already in 1999. You, you know, we got the Greek scholar with us. According to Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3, when it says he formed the ages, instead of cosmos, it says eons. The ages. You know what that means? He spoke it out of himself. And every rest area and every pit stop was there. No, you're not hearing me. And he knew you'd fall and scuff your nose. And he knew you'd suck your thumb. And he knew you'd get discouraged. And he knew the devil would try to trip you up. But that's all right. The season was inside the promise. If you'll stay faithful to the promise and don't let the season blow your mind, you're going to taste the fullness of the promise right after the season's finished. Are you hearing me? Please, please be seated. We're trying to get out of here as quick as we can. You got to understand, within Peter's, Simon Peter's call, I know you don't believe this, but it's okay. Within Simon Peter's call was Simon Peter's fall. Brother Merle Ewing. He said one thing today like the devastator is my key punch and he used it. But I was hoping you weren't listening. There's one thing God can't be. Surprised. You have a bad thought. You have a bad day. You have a bad attitude. You say something. You, oh, I'll get where you are in a minute. Say something that you shouldn't say. Let's be big boys and girls. Watch something you shouldn't watch. Read something you shouldn't read. Listen to something you shouldn't listen to. Don't ever think God goes, oh, how could they have ever done that? With all the promises I've given them, why don't they just love? No, no. He gave you a promise. He starts from the end and works. Oh. He starts from the end and works backwards. Every area, every failure, every mistake, every test and trial was already incorporated in the promise. He would not let anything come to you until grace was already in place. It's not a license to be sinful. It's a liberty to understand that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord.
please, please be seated. I'll try to finish here. You got to understand. If you don't allow for season in your life, you'll be frustrated when the promise, Brother Michael, when the promise is not fulfilled next week at 3 o'clock. Now, you're, all you preachers are warning about my deep theological book I brought up here. Contact. I was in the I was in the sink area of our motel, and I was, I was sick as a dog. I don't know how sick a dog gets, but I'm sick as a dog. And my nose is burning, my eyes are burning, my throat's raw. So I said, I'm going to take me a contact. I reached down, and watch this, Reverend. I reached down to get this contact, and the Holy Ghost goes, I'm a very strange man. Talks to me in medicine cabinets and things. Now, 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 look, Brother Anthony, what it says on the contact box. It says, 12-hour cold. What's that? Um. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. I just look stupid. I'm going somewhere. You are. <laughs> Product information. Each contact. Each. Singular, possessive. Each. Contact, here it is, is equipped with a time release. Each contact contains over 600 tiny time pills. Some go to work immediately. Others are scientifically timed to dissolve slowly to give you protection for the full 12 hours. When God gives you a promise, he ain't, oh, ain't going to let the whole thing happen when you swallow the promise. He's going to let a little bit be released when you need it, and a little bit more when you need it. And oh, yes, 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 and a little bit more when you need it. Don't doubt the capsule. Doubt your doubts. <laughs> it's one pill. One pill. You sit down. One pill. One, one pill. Kind of like one gospel. One pill. Now, now you watch. You swallow the pill, and invisibly inside your little tummy, these 600 little things go. And the first 65 say, attack the flu. And the other guys say, we'll wait later and see if he needs some more help. <laughs> My life has been frustrated many times because I keep saying, I need more help now. Bring her on right now. Let's go. But the pill is smarter than me. The king that gave me the promise is smarter than me. He knows how much I need. If he gives me too much at one time, I'll start believing my own press reports. I'll start thinking I'm really somebody great because something happened. No, he'll let me go through a season of suffering and a season of loneliness and a season of discouragement. And when I'm just about at the end of it, boom, here comes a release of some more of the energy 
that here comes a release of what God put in you when he first gave you the promise. Season's best to you. Season's greetings. Just, just another minute now. Well, where are you, brother Cunningham? Would you read for me, please? Psalms chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. I will only be a few minutes. Jesus said he would be right back. I'm okay. I'm like my father. Time means nothing to me. I'm eternal. I am. I have the Holy Ghost. My old carcass is a kick. In fact, my old carcass hurts sometimes. I'll be glad to get a new one. But my spirit's got eternal life. I ain't never going to kick the bucket. This old nasty carcass is going to lay down, but I ain't going to kick the bucket. I have eternal life right now. I'm not going to get eternal life. I have eternal life. When you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive the divine nature of God. You ain't never going to die. Just, just bear with me a few minutes, okay? We'll try to finish this if we can. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat, of the, sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That means you gotta get your brain moving. And he shall no, be. No, wait a minute. Stop making your preacher think for you. Get your ignorant carcass somewhere by a Bible and start reading. If you don't understand it, say, I'm dumb, stupid, don't know what's going on. You said you'd give the ignorance some wisdom. I need to understand what the book... Oh, you're not hearing me. Listen, we got to get out of this control stuff. We're not the Pope. We're not a bishop. We're not a cardinal. Everybody in this plane, if you're a saint of God, you ought to be able to cast out devils. You ought to be able to pray for the sick. You ought to be able to win souls. You ought to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. All these preachers are, are men and women that God has divinely orchestrated to help you understand better. Hallelujah. Oh, let me, let me, let me just, okay, I'm, all, I'm almost there. Watch this. Said, and he shall be like a tree. Here it is. Planted by whoa, the whoa, rivers. Whoa, 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 not, not dumped. No, sir. That means intentional. You dump your garbage. You plant your bushes and roses and trees. God dumps your garbage in the sea of forgiveness, but he plants you. Anything you plant, you're expecting to come up. You know, hear me. If something's planted, it's planted with the intention of a resurrection. It's planted with the intention of a season of fruit. It's planted with a harvest in mind. You're not some numbskull, some dummy, some idiot. You're divinely chosen by God. You're an epistle seen and read of all men. You are the temple of the living God. You have been planted. Just, just bear with me, I'm sorry. 
don't mean to keep messing you up here. He said, he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Yeah. That bringeth forth his fruit. Here it is. In his season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bringeth forth his fruit. Ain't you tired of always admiring somebody else's fruit? I, I just, I just can't do like them because I ain't gotten, I ain't gotten, I ain't got. That's like that idiot John in John five sitting at the pool of Bethesda, guys looking face 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 with a miracle. What does the idiot say? Oh, I can't have a miracle because I ain't got a man. You didn't hear me. How many times God wants to take us into a miraculous dimension? And we measure his promises and his prophecies by our resource mechanism. We ain't got it. As if somehow when you say you ain't got it, God ain't got it. Honey, he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He knows where all the potatoes are in the hill. All the gold is his. All the silver is his. The diamonds, the rubies, the emeralds, they're all his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein, everything belongs to him. Why would you stop your miracle? Because you have a season where you don't have somebody to support you. I'm, I'm almost there. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. said, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Re read that again for me, Reverend Jack. And he shall be like a tree yeah. planted by the rivers of water yeah. that bringeth forth his fruit. Bringeth forth his fruit. Here it is. In, in his season. His season you can't bring your fruit out of your season well stop frustrating yourself because things don't happen as fast as you want or you like to or not as many as getting the Holy Ghost or the church ain't growing as fast wait a minute it's got to be the season I could save you a lot of excedrin headaches if you'd understand that you got to know when the season is, why the season is, and who the season is for. Well, you're not here. You can't bring fruit when you're not in season. You can't go out and fuss and cuss with your apple tree in the middle of December and say, give me some fruit. Apple tree, you say, shut up, fool. Don't you understand it's December 27th? Ah, hallelujah. The battle is in our brains to try and understand seasons. Please, please bear with me. I, I, I'm trying to get there. The farmer is not frustrated because of winter. Only the Pentecostals are. God, let me read a scripture I don't ever remember reading. I think it's in Psalm 74. I think I wrote it down. 74, 17. Now, you're talking about revelation. Here's revelation. Thou, Lord God, hath made the summer and also the winter. I thought the devil made the winter.
Thou, oh God, has made those nice warm days where it's easy to get out of the bed. You didn't make them long, cold, hard ones, did you? Where it's tough to get your carcass out of the sack and touch the cold floor. Where it requires more discipline to go to work and do something for God when it's winter. Some of us came here in this conference and it's winter in our lives. I got news for you. You're not backslid. You still love God. You're still in the purpose and the will of God. You just need to understand what season it is. Don't get jealous over somebody that's having revival. It may be springtime for them, but in a few short weeks, they'll be in winter and you'll be in spring and you'll have a harvest. I'm almost there. Hold on. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? Don't you understand the reason why Saul, King Saul, is such a nincompoop is because he's missed his season. And when you miss your season, you get jealous over somebody who's having their season. And you start, oh, you start throwing javelins. And you start throwing nasty words. And you start writing stupid stuff. You know why? You missed your season and you ticked off at somebody else who's blossoming and growing and being blessed of God. It wasn't because God loved them any better. They just stayed faithful in their season. You've got to know when it's your season. Oh, my Lord. Am I making sense here? I'm trying to help you. Did you get it? If you feel yourself with a javelin spirit, you've met understand you might have missed your season. Do you think I'm going to get jealous because some most of you I don't know what I'm doing here. Everybody in this place got a bigger church than I have. God have mercy. I'd like to have this. Well, wait a minute, I'm going to hurt you now. Ah, a lot of seasons before you got this much fruit. Been through a lot of hell and a lot of dark nights and a lot of sorrow and a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness, a lot of rejection, a lot of mis- oh, you're not hearing me, a lot of misunderstanding. But you just keep planted because when it's your season, you're going to bear fruit. You don't have to worry about the fruit. It's a principle of the universe. God has told you the fruit is automatic if you'll stay planted. God delivered the Pentecostal movement from all these gypsies for Jesus. Every time you don't have a good season, Will of God, you sit down, will of God for you to resign your church and go mess up another one. Well, I'm sorry. Was it something I said? Don't you understand? I've been 15 years in Gainesville. It's not half the size I thought it would have been five years ago. Well, I'll just be real honest with you. I got all kinds of garbage. And I got all kinds of wonderful people.
And it's easy to get frustrated when she comes up pregnant. She's 16. And this idiot couldn't tell a true stand in the Bible looking at Jesus. And you come home from this Maxwell stuff and this Pentecost stuff, and five families leave your church. Man, this stuff really works. I ain't going to no more seminars. But wait a minute. Really easy me to just sit in the corner, suck my thumb, turn the lights out, count my six little brown envelopes. Just say it's tough here. They got it easy in Louisiana. Oh, give me a break. God has been so good to us in Gainesville. We've seen hundreds of people baptized. Hundreds of people get the Holy Ghost. No, we haven't kept everybody. No, everybody's not living like they ought to. But come to think of it, neither does the pastor. And I don't mean I'm out in sin. But I got bad days. I got days when I feel spiritually suicidal. I got days when I want to mail in my license and give them a burnt offering. There's days when I just want to say, forget it, I'm going to go get an honest job. But where can you make this kind of money telling other people how to live? When I heard Brother Welch dedicated a new church and they get 30 and 40 and 60 got the Holy Ghost, Brother Williams grew this year, had all kinds of people get the Holy Ghost. I went through, quote, a dry spell, didn't hardly get anybody. What do you think I'm going to do? Damn and condemn these people? Throw javelins at them? Saying, oh, there must be dirtbags. There must be come. No, 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 no. It's spring. My season is coming. If I, oh, if I stay faithful, if I sow the word, if I plant it, oh, yes, if I water it with tears, if I pray over it, he who has promised is faithful. He will do what he promised to do. I'm not in charge of the harvest. I am in charge of staying put in my season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can I have a few more minutes? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm almost, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Just, just. Well, my hip don't hurt a bit. I think I'm just going to jump on it a while. Thanks for praying for me. I say God's touched me. I hope it lasts a long time. But if it don't last till tonight, I'm going to boogaloo for the next few minutes. And there's a season coming, my friend, when I won't hurt no more. And you won't hurt no more. And we won't cry no more. But we're not in charge of the season. Okay. Try, try to close. Try to close. Haven't got to my sermon yet, but I'm trying to close you got to understand this. If Stephen, if you don't understand season, you shoot yourself. Watch. David's a happy-go-lucky kid. Loves to run around with those stinky sheep. Sing songs. Write poetry. Throw kisses to God. He's a happy man. Yeah. He's a little Jewish boy out on the hillside. Strange little boy. You're my Lord. You're my fortress. You're my God. You're my king. 
Can you imagine what the neighbors thought when they saw David out in the pasture? Is that the way Stone King does it? You think he was crazy? Dancing out there by himself, writing poetry to an invisible God? You are my lover, you're my fortress, you're my rock, you're my foundation. And in the middle of a season of praise, in the middle of a season of dedicated duty, old man Samuel walks up and messes his life up. Says that, you can sit down. Says, that season's over, Davy Poo. And we got a new season for you. Here's a little oil. Now watch, because here's where some of us is. Oil on our head, anointing on us, and still smelling like sheep. Now you, you didn't hear me. The most frustrating position you could have is to be divinely, supernaturally, heaven-sent anointed with a king's anointing, and you're in a shepherd role model. For the anointing tells you what you're going to be and where you are going. And it can get very frustrating when the season is protracted as you stay in the role of a shepherd boy. In fact, crazy kings start chasing you, throwing javelins at you, hunting you like a flea, driving you crazy. And all you are is anointed to reign and rule. But that season hasn't arrived yet. So you're stuck in this inferior area. And sometimes your own feelings drive you crazy. I feel this. I know this. But I'm stuck here. Hallelujah. Don't you get it? If you'll stay where you are, when it's your season... You won't have to fuss and cuss. You won't have to backbite. You won't have to connive and scheme. God will bring you to the throne. And God will remove every obstacle out of your life so that you can sit on the throne with integrity. Five minutes. Just, I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to finish here. Listen, listen carefully. We, we like to say, you know, all things work together for the good. Isn't that just so happy, clappy? All things work together for the good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Sometimes we're giving hell too much credit when we say, all hell broke loose. Let me tell you something. Your dad's so big and bad, he ain't never going to let all hell break loose. Come to think of it, hell works for him. Oh, yes, he does. Even your foes and your adversaries and your enemies are going to fulfill the prophetic word of God. What God has prophesied and determined and decreed in himself before time, he'll use any kind of instrument in time to make it come to pass. 
even the heathen will yet praise the Lord. And the wrath of man will serve the purpose of God. Almost, almost there. That's why, that's why, Brother Jackson, that's why we got to pray. It's a simple prayer, but it's, it's difficult. Give us this day. Man, you didn't get it. <laughs> Give us what's on the agenda for today. I don't need no blessing and no grace and no power and no vision for tomorrow. Give me what's on the calendar for this day. Give us this day, our daily. Give us today what I'm going to need for today. And let tomorrow take care of itself. Because when I get up in the morning, your grace will be ready. The manna will be there. The water will flow. Because faithful is he that has called me who will also do it. Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Sorry I'm not making sense here. Today's problem, today's situation was included in yesterday's promise and will not stop tomorrow's fulfillment. You mean, Brother Arnold, he saw me when I failed? Uh-huh. What do you think, you went deaf, dumb, and blind when you got human? Bible says declaring the end from the beginning. Watch. And the things which are not, I often look at that. I never read anybody that says anything about, are not what? Are not yet manifest. Not yet. Not yet what? Don't you get it? Faith is the birth canal that brings your pregnant promise from that realm manifesting into this realm. You've already got it in existence, but it's in an intangible form, an invisible form, in a spirit form. And if you hold on to your season and exercise your faith and go into travail, the promise will come down faith's birth canal and manifest itself when it's the season. Have you ever wondered how Simon Peter could go to sleep and they're fixing to take his head off tomorrow and behead him? Acts 12, kill the other guy, fixing to bump old Pete off tomorrow. Funny, says he's going to behead him. Peter looks at the jail and says, what are they going to do to me? Says they're going to cut your nasty preacher head off. He said, you guys are going to cut my head off. Man, let me, let me get a good night's sleep because the master told me when I was old. Come to think of it, the master also told me how I would die. He signified a crucifix. This cat is going to cut my head off. This ain't the season. I'm going to get a good night's rest. I'm trying to close right now. 
That's why Job said, though, I can't find him. He knows the way I take. And he says, I read this. I never had seen this before. I preached it for 20 years. Never saw it. And when he hath tried me, he. You mean he sent the trial? Uh-huh. You mean he sent the season? Uh-huh. Then why are you getting suicidal in your season? If your dad sent it and your dad controls it. You, you know, hear me. When you get into a low spot, that's when your adversary says, you ain't coming out of this. You ain't ever getting up again. Oh, I'm going to go crazy right now. You need to understand something. I'll just butcher this thing and finish it. You need to understand something. Even the best people have downtime. Ask Jesus. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Jesus had downtime. He said, I'm going to be down for three days, but I'm fixing to get up. And when I get up, I'm going to be up longer than I've been down. Come on, stand with me. That's no sense me preaching any longer. Job said, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. And when I was getting this little contact thing in the bathroom, I believe the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Now, I'm, I'm saying I believe that the Spirit of God spoke to me and quickened the Scripture in me and said, you know what Job said, Jeffrey? I'm coming out of this better. The season wasn't sent to seduce me. The season wasn't sent to slay me. The season wasn't sent to reduce me to some inferior being. The season was sent so it could purify me and my worth would be enhanced. I'm going to come out as pure gold. Didn't Daniel 2 said, He changeth the times and the seasons. He changes them. Not the devil! tiny time release capsules being scientifically and medically released and your season demands it. I'm going to try to close. Someone came here like Samson of old and you're right now in a season of shame. You hear me? You played around with stuff and got burned. Now, now, I disagree with a lot of guys. I got the microphone. Just listen. Your season is certain, but not final. Samson, you're paying the consequences. You're piddling around and acting a fool and being irreverent to holy vows. Got your eyes poked out. Got your hair cut off. You're grinding in a mill. Fine. 
But now that season is ending. And another season is beginning because your hair is growing back. And the reason why the devil is putting some of you on a damning guilt trip is because he knows that if you get into the next season, Samson, when you get out of that dungeon, you're going to tear that temple up. Say it with me and I'll go sit down. My times are in your hand. Your adversary is seeking to steal your song steal your dance drive your dream out of your spirit and your adversary uses two things he uses our personal failures and I'm telling you if I ever got a revelation I got one now and he uses the unfinished in your life he torments you with the incomplete, the undone. You hear me now? He can steal your peace because he keeps you concentrating on what's lacking. Oh God, I've got something. I wish I would have given you the scripture. In Genesis chapter 1, God praised himself over a partial performance six times it's recorded that God did something it was not complete it was not finished it was not all done but when he did the one thing he said ooh that's good now wait a minute he moves in chaos and darkness and death and says, let there be light. And there was light. And it says, and the Lord saw it and it was good. Now, he ain't got no life. He ain't got no bushes. He ain't got no trees. He ain't got no critters. He ain't got no seas with fishies. He ain't got no heavens with birdies. But he's just got a little bit of light. And he's saying, well, I know I ain't got everything done that I want to get done. But so far, so good. Are you, are you hearing me? If God, who is our Father and our standard and our example, would throw himself a party and celebrate over the partial, who are we not to celebrate and applaud over little victories that God gives us, even though everything's not done yet? tell you I'm sitting down sitting down the church is having a major problem we have lost the ability to celebrate minor victories immediately yeah 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 you look at yeah, yeah. 
got a bunch of hell going on over here, but I got a little bit of heaven right here. Well, these two are pregnant, and that one's getting a divorce. But these folks are raising their kids good. Yeah. I know I got this area, and it's not right. But this area's been fixed, and this area's right. I think I'll take a cue from the creator of the universe, and I'll celebrate every time I notice God. Oh, you're not hearing me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The old timer said, he's been too good to me. I cannot tell it all. I think we need to bless him right now. I know there's a lot of crud and garbage in all of our lives. Problems in our churches, marriages, families, fine. But find something in your memory bank that God has given you some type of accomplishment. And I'm telling you, if you'll rejoice over the accomplishment, you'll get a fresh release to do the next stage.